If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Like I take a week off a month, not because I want to just kick it or go on vacation. It's because I need that week to not be so intense with my family and I can be a great mom. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. She had $500 to her name and was about to move back in with her parents. Shanda Sumter knows what it looks and feels like to be at a breaking point, faced with two options, give up and retreat or find a new path onward and upward. That's the short version of Shanda's journey to becoming a bootstrapped entrepreneur, growing her brand to eight figures in the last 10 years, and helping over 35,000 clients reach their own next level of business and leadership. Shanda is on a mission to show other entrepreneurs that they can have an incredible personal life, handle pressure better, and build a meaningful and wildly profitable business all at the same time. That's exactly what we're covering in today's episode. Shanda and I talk about starting and growing a business from absolutely nothing, how there's no secret to creating a profitable business, just a step-by-step system, And even some interesting parts of her personal life, like how she managed to find and marry her husband in just 90 days flat. Let's dive on in with Shanda. Looking for a new show to add to your podcast library? Well, look no further than Being Boss Podcast hosted by Emily Thompson. Being Boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, a freelancer, or a side hustler. Being Boss is another amazing resource for anyone interested in getting inspired and more importantly, getting started. I absolutely loved Emily's recent episode all about achieving work-life balance. It's a hot topic for my team as we enter the new year. Emily shares five top tactics for achieving a good work-life flow, whatever that looks like for you. And I totally resonated with how she feels about balance. 
Being Boss is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen to Being Boss wherever you get your podcasts. Shanda, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. It is about time you have made your appearance on this show. (laughs) It's good to be here. I am so excited. So before we dive on in to some of the core missions that you're working on and the lifestyle you've been able to build through entrepreneurship, let's go back a little bit. And will you walk me through your entrepreneurial origin story? I kind of want to understand those early days because I think it's going to paint a picture for what you do and why you're passionate about what you do today. Yeah. So, okay. So first, Jenna, I was an accidental entrepreneur. And, <laughs> I love it. And I've now heard a few people say that. So I don't feel so bad about not having a vision to become an entrepreneur. I was working the corporate ladder. I've done everything from run nightclubs to like in Las Vegas, which was not my lifestyle. If you know anything <laughs> about me, I like to get up. I get up at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning And if it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm up, I'm panicking. Like I'm absolutely (laughs) panicking because I need to sleep. So I ran nightclubs. I built a real estate division for Cobalt Banker. I did really well there and I should have been happy. But there was a part of me that that felt like I was, I don't know, off a little bit. Something wasn't clicking. Like my relationships weren't lining up, you know, and so I, I knew that there was a better way to do things. My relationships weren't lining up. I was making great money. I did over $100 million in real estate in 15 months. And so in sales, and I didn't have anybody else selling. I was the only person selling. It's interesting because I I now in entrepreneurship take a lot of that job has become a big reason why I really, really encourage people to build lists now as entrepreneurs, which I know you and I have that in common. But I never meant to be an entrepreneur. I I was building in corporate America. I was creating great, you know, great headway for at a very young age in my twenties. And then I, I went to Sedona, Arizona after breaking up with another guy who was just a deadbeat relationship where I wasn't being treated right. And I knew it, but I still was obsessed with them and just trying to figure out how do I break these patterns in my life? Because I know that I'm meant for more. And long story short, on my way back from Sedona, Arizona, driving back to Las Vegas at the time, I was listening to the, you know, the CD, the secret, like the law of attraction. So I was listening to that and I heard an audible voice and, and I believe it was God, especially since now this year is the first year that I've heard this audible voice again. Mm -hmm. I'm now deep in scripture. Like I, I, I realized that laws of attraction, all of that were actually pulled out of the Bible. And so I stopped listening to all the gurus around stuff like that. And I just went straight to scripture. So in my car that day, I heard an audible voice for no kidding, no short of two hours telling me to go teach people financial freedom. Now, this is what's interesting. The voice of God never said to me, go write a book, go become a coach. None of that. It was just, you need to teach people how to become financially free. And I was speaking out loud in my car, like a crazy woman. (laughs) I was speaking to this voice and saying, I don't want to be a coach. I don't want to be an author. I don't want to be a speaker. Like I was like, I was like, I didn't even know what a coach was. And there was something about being a coach or an author. I don't know why this was in my hand, but there was something about it being sleazy or not really a real profession. And I didn't respect it at all. And, and I didn't know anything about it, but I didn't respect it. And so I just said all these things I don't want to do. And this voice would not stop. And then I'd come in and out of consciousness in a way, like in and out of reality where I would stop and I would say, oh my gosh, am I losing my mind? Like, do I need to go to a psychiatrist or something? Like, 
this is nuts. Yeah. And, and then I kind of be pulled back into this like alternate reality, I guess. And so I made a deal with God that day in the car to have him stop talking to me. And what the deal was is I would call my friend Robert and he was doing all these things like habit of attraction and all these things. He's the only person I knew that I'd ever taken a course with outside of real estate or, you know, reading books on business, but I'd never taken a course with a coach or a mentor or anything like that. And so I knew Robert and long story short, he had hundred thousand people on his email list. And I said, would you help me launch a program product or service? And he said, yes, I've always thought you should be in this world. So my deal with the voice was, God, stop talking to me. I'll call Robert. If he says that he'll do it, with me, I'll do it. If not, I never want to hear from you again. <laughs> and that's how it all started. Robert gave me 24 hours to create a program. He had a window of a week to launch it for me. He launched it. I did my first conference call on instant teleseminar, I think it was, or it might have been freeconferencecalling.com. I think it was instant teleseminar. And I told my story and made an offer and there was like five or seven people. I can't remember the exact number. But it was five or seven that paid $1,700 to work with me for six months. I was like, wow. And I felt amazing. Yeah. And that's how it launched. Wow. Was there a critical moment that made you like, okay, this isn't just a voice. This isn't just Robert believing in me, but like, I need to believe in myself. Did you ever have like an aha moment or do you think it was like a slow, gradual build? I think it was a slow, gradual build for me. So I don't think you make it unless you are obsessed. And and I think right. that word, a lot of people don't like that word because I, I do think people are I think they're shooting for the wrong commitment when building a business. And I don't know if you'll agree with me or, the, or not, but I know you and I, the reason why we're attracted to each other in so many ways is because we have very similar value systems. Yes. We value our kids. We value our husbands, our marriages, our health. You know, we, we value having a life outside of like our careers are one part of our life and the yes. other part is still just as valuable. But I don't try and make my business make me happy. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love to train. But now when I look through the lens of growing our company, like this is actually going to be the first time I say this publicly because I said it to you before we jumped on, but yeah. I have this desire to grow a billion dollar company and not give up, you know, my weekends and not give up my time with my family. And I just want to show the world you could do it, but it doesn't come from like trying to make my company make me happy. I look through the lens of where's my best fit in the company to have the biggest impact, which is also money. Right. And so the best impact is for if I can get out from being the CEO of my company, which is a goal for next year. If I can, I want a faith based CEO. I want, I have my eye on somebody right now that took a company to 2.3 billion and in during COVID. And this guy's Christian and he does acquisitions. Anyway, I won't bore you with all of it, but like I just, whether it's him or not, I'm not attached, but it's someone like him. Yeah. And, and, you know, I slow my company down by being the CEO because of either being afraid of letting go of control. I think it's mm -hmm. those are the conversations that you have to have with yourself while you're building a company. So it's, mm -hmm. it sounds just like I'm demonstrating right now. It like the whole gradual growth sounds just like this, where I start to analyze and go, yeah, okay, like where is the best place for me? I don't say like, what do I love doing? I never wanted to write a book. You and I are writing books right now. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. I never wanted to speak. I never wanted to be in front of a camera. You know, I never wanted that. And what I've realized right now, the best place for me is in front of the camera, in front of the stage, and then influencing 
our coaching and our sales department. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think then I'll get out from influencing sales and coaching. And then I think I'll get into really influencing the entire company on our levels of belief. So right now we have our entire company reading books together to have them be obsessed with what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think it's really fascinating too. You bring up a really good point in that a lot of times we land in this CEO position and it might not be the right position for us, even as the founder or the visionary. And I know oftentimes I think about like, I never went to boss school. Like, like no one taught me how to do these things. Like no one taught me what it should look like as a boss. And I don't necessarily love being a boss all of the time. I love my team, but like the day-to-day tasks of being a boss is not always directly tied to your passion, right? Like it's tied to the mission and it's necessary, but it's not necessarily always connected to the mission and the vision that you have. And I think it's really fascinating because I think a lot of people who, you know, start a side hustle, then they grow a business, then they become a CEO or a boss. They find themselves more in like the people managing instead of the mission managing. And I think that can be a really interesting place to land. Yeah. I think if you make a list of 40 things you do in a day (laughs) and Dan Sullivan did this and, and I, I do it with our team all the time, 40 things you do in a day, Put an E next to the things you're excellent at, a P next to the things you're passionate about, a C, like C as in cat, next to things that you're competent in, and an I next to things you're incompetent in. And when I did that list of 40 the first time, I was spending 50% of my time in incompetent and competent mm. and 50% in excellent passionate. So if you just understand what that data means, yeah. it means you're slowing down the growth. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? So, so it's like, I had this realization, I was telling my friend Pete Vargas and a couple other mm-hmm. of my friends, I'm like, I need to stop studying to be a CMO. Yeah. I don't want to be a chief marketing officer. And the yeah. problem is I'm so good at marketing now, which is great. I recommend everybody get good at marketing. But I don't want that job. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to go help people. I'm a really good coach. And, you know, so I just think that I think this whole growth of being an entrepreneur is having humility, right? Having humility. If you're frustrated with something too long, I guarantee you, you are in the wrong role. Instead of looking at like, you know, why can't I find these great people? I mean, there's great people everywhere, just like there were amazing men my entire life and I never met them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's such a lie that we're deceived by. And so if you can't figure out how to find great people, maybe you aren't the person to do it. You know, like my friend, Josh Axe, Dr. Axe, it's a, it's a big product line. Anyway, he's, he's a fairly new friend of mine. He said something like, I I don't hire recruiters to build my company because he finds word of mouth is better. Word of mouth didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like, everybody was looking, everybody I knew was looking for the same roles I was looking for. (laughs) So they're not going to hand me over their A people, right? And so I hired, you know, Max over at Scout Recruiting to find me my COO. And I said, I want the COO of TD Jakes. And guess who I got? The COO of TD Jakes. Now it cost me $60,000 for that recruiter, but they negotiated a deal that I wouldn't have been able to do through word of mouth. Yeah. What would you say right now? So... Let's kind of, we've gotten the bird's eye view. What is your core mission of your work right now? Because I know it kind of changes and evolves over time. So what would you say is that right now? So leadership and list building. I haven't been able to get off list building yet, Jenna. And I love that you teach it too, because I just see this big gaping hole. Yes. And it's the tactic that I teach. 
but it's the tactic that I teach because it's needed. I mean, everybody's like, let me figure out my message. Let me figure out my signature talk. And it's like, all that's amazing. But if you have no people, you can't even practice with anybody. You don't even know if it lands. So I believe cash flow is critically important. And find me a great person with no money and I'll see stress all over them and not the best version of themselves showing up. So I have not been able to let go of list building as a primary core product of ours because it's just everywhere I go, it's it's a mess. You know what I mean? I see people yeah. spending $25,000 on masterminds or, you know, $10,000 on a speaking coach. And I'm like, that, like, I just think, People don't know how to put their priorities in order. And I mean that with so much respect. Congratulations for going out there and going after it. You yep. take any action, you're going to make some forward movement. But if you look back and look at how much money we burned through, because if we just had our list, whatever we spent money on would have monetized. Yes. Like it would have. Anything you spend money on after the list monetizes. And so, you know, I just, I feel like there's a, a leadership challenge. So when I say leadership and list building, it's like, the list building is so important, but even after you teach somebody how important it is, a lot of times they do it for a second and then they're off on next shiny object. I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't you get obsessed with building that list? Yes. You know, like, like yes. I, I even did a poll this morning. How many text messages do I have? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, holy cow, we have a lot of text messages. Yes. I was like, okay, that's a lot. Like I had no idea we had that many text messages. Like, and so it's like, get obsessed with getting your list to 20,000, 40,000, 50,000, then break the 100,000 mark. And just, you will do that really quickly. I mean, we see clients inside of, you know, 60 days, build 3,000 people on their list. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's average. We have an average of 1,700 to, to 3,000 people, like in that range on their first list build. That's a game changer. If they never built another list for another two years, they could still make multiple six figures. However, hopefully they do and they stay obsessed with it, right? Well, how can you not? I mean, my list is the number one indicator of the health of my business. And it's also like if I had to lose anything in my business, I would throw away all of social media in a heartbeat just to have that list. And I think that what's so fascinating, and I'm sure you've thought about this too, because you kind of brought up like shiny object syndrome is, you know, social media and stuff, people see those numbers like, like it's a public thing our lists are almost like the weight on the scale, right? Like no one sees or knows that number but us, but it should be the greatest indicator of our health of our business. And yet we get it so twisted that people are so focused on the next thousand followers who are passively trying to be entertained on a platform that's not built for actual connection and selling. And it's like, dang it. I know it's like, you want to shake their shoulders and be like, wake up to this because I mean, I don't have many regrets in business, but my biggest regret was that I waited so long to start my list. And once I got hooked on it, that was when I started teaching it. And I said, I don't care if a single person doesn't buy this program within five years, it'll be my number one program because people need to understand how important this is. And I will die on this hill if I have to. Well, but that, that says a lot about your heart because you know that that's the challenge. I'm sure you've seen a lot. We've, we've had lots of people with huge Instagram and YouTube, especially YouTube, but Instagram too, come to us and, and they're not making any money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yes. they're tripping over pennies. Something that I don't know if you do this with your list, but something I was not doing that I just started doing is I started setting out midnight and three o'clock in the morning. Ooh, and my open rates are yeah. higher at midnight and three o'clock in the morning than they are on my time zone. Wow. And I taught it to our clients and I had yeah. one of our clients who's in network marketing 
And she's like number two in all of doTERRA. She had a product she wasn't going to sell. And she said, screw it. I'm going to send out. She did the midnight, the 3 a.m., the 7 a.m. And she did $14,000 in product sales when she wasn't going to do anything. So now, Do you think there are people reading it at midnight or do you think it's just getting you to the top of the inbox for when they awake the next morning? So that's a great question. And we should go look at that. But the way I thought of it is that our lists are pretty global. Yeah. More so than we think. And so even if you have a tiny audience in, you know, in Hong Kong or a tiny audience in the UK, our open rates are so high at night that we're like, like, I think we're just, I just don't think we were ever on top of inbox when they were awake. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Because you got to think there's, you should try it out. We're now doing reminder emails. Yeah. Our reminder emails start at midnight now. They go midnight or three or four o'clock in the morning. Then they kick in at seven, you know, and go to the event. But reminder emails, sales close down carts, promotional emails, everything. We now go around the clock. I love that. That's so fascinating. Trust me when I say I am not the most tech savvy entrepreneur out there. Like you will not hear me saying it's almost too easy when I'm talking about tech because tech usually isn't easy, especially for me. Tech for me is usually too complicated, too busy and too frustrating when it should be just plain easy. Until now, HubSpot CRM platform is ridiculously easy to use, learn, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't work well together. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connects your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use. It's easy to use, period. Imagine giving your clients a delightful experience and having a delightful time doing it. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
So you say that there's a step-by-step system to creating a wildly profitable business. And I can only imagine that people listening are like, give me the steps. So can we dig into an overview of the type of business and the profit that you're helping people create just to help somebody that's listening kind of understand, could this system work for them? Yeah. So the first question I always ask is always about the list. Even if somebody comes to me and like we have a client that was doing really well and I'll go all the way down to newbies and then doing really well. We had a client, Sonia, who came to me and she was like, you know, I'm doing $300,000 a month. I want to take it to a million dollars a month. First thing I did was check into her list. Right. And so the step-by-step is always customer acquisition first. Then knowing a survey of what it is that they want. A great survey is if you don't want to do a multiple choice survey, which I think is great, I'll do a very simple survey that that just says, you know, whatever industry you're in, if you're in health or you're in coaching or you're in God or whatever it is, right? Weight loss, network marketing, whatever it is you want to. So if I was going out to network marketers, I would say, you know, where's the top three areas? I always start with a celebration. Where are the top three areas that, that you think you've done really well in your network marketing company or your weight loss company or your marriage, you know, counseling or whatever, right? Where are the top three areas that you've done really well in? And then where are the three areas that are priorities to you to fix? in your marriage business, your, your network marketing company, your whatever. And what I do is I look at all of those, like I'm a huge fan in surveys like that. Like I have a, yeah. I have a huge stack of surveys sitting for my last mastermind sitting on my desk right now. And I've been reading them and creating content. Mm-hmm. off of them. I love that. So instead of me going, what content should I create? I just read three or four of them. I don't read them all. I read three or four of them. And I can see a pattern. I'm like, boom, there's my Instagram post. There's my video blog. There's my podcast. There's my next launch. There's my, you know, whatever, whatever information I'm putting out. We do something called pocket coaching, which we should talk about because it's really one of the most powerful things I've done in my company. But first I do, I focus on customer acquisition, list building, and then, which is not social media building because you don't own it. And if I see another person having to market to the algorithms, I'm just going to be like, Come on, guys. Like, okay, so then I survey. Then after the survey, I look for the pattern. What is the pattern? Now, once you notice that pattern, you must realize that you're going to offend some people. And that's a really important piece that I've been talking a lot about right now. The steps to success are list building, survey, spot the pattern, make an offer off the pattern to help the people. And don't be so stuck to your product or service that you're like, I want to create something new. Half the time you could take what it is that you've created and remarket it under a new message, which is the pattern. Well, I think it's interesting too. And you and I connect on this. It was funny. We were talking about collaborating on something and you were like, I planned this around my son's karate. And I was like, I was just inside having a dance party with my family. And You know, it's interesting, the narratives that we are fighting, you know, kind of against the hustle culture, that like girl boss mentality into like, you can be a boss, but don't let what you're building take over your life. Because so many people enter entrepreneurship, hoping to, you know, escape a nine to five, and then they find themselves working 24 seven, their life revolves around their work. Their work doesn't give them the opportunity to live their lives. And it's fascinating to me because I feel like there are very few really strong, passionate female CEOs that I know that really have those boundaries and those desires 
to have their business support their life. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So you and I, we, we're on the same same wavelength. So yeah. if anybody shares this type of desire as Jenna and I, remember you have to make a certain amount of money to be able to hire great people. Like I, I mentioned that I hired our new COO. I mean, he was our most expensive, you know, TD Jakes pays a salary that's not my salary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not even in the same ballpark of what our companies do. And so, so that being said, you have to make enough money that you're willing to part with to be able to make those jumps. So it really starts to become the strategic game. And like I said, I mean, it, it, everybody's got different desires, but I do believe that if you get complacent or satisfied, I think you're going to have a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think people don't realize the runway they're on, yeah. you know, and I told you, like, I almost put a sign up in front of my bed that said, you're going to die. And it was not because the only reason why I didn't put you're going to die up in front of my bed is because I thought I might, I might like subliminally make myself die. And so that's why I didn't go up, but, but I literally wanted to put it up because I like, I thought to myself, that's a little, that's a little aggressive. And that's what we're fighting. We have to fight that mentality. It's like, listen, if you get a hit that you should do something, like I should probably put that sign up, but you can even hear my words. I said, probably. Like I'm still in the, in the pursuit of coaching myself to be okay with me and what I think needs to happen to stay connected to what it is that I'm doing right now in this world with my family, with my business. And I am in the pursuit of building a billion dollar company. I'm talking to our COO about a billion dollar company. I also build in with our team like flex time. We call it flex time. That's what we've trademarked is flex time, flex time. Like I take a week off a month, not because I want to just kick it or go on vacation. It's because I need that week to not be so intense with my family and I can be a great mom. I need that week so I can think. And go get a pedicure, go, you know, do ninja class. I don't miss, like my son does karate four times a week. I go to karate. I think I've only ever missed three or four karates ever in two and a half years. Like I, I don't miss karate, but I got to hire people. So it's either that money is going to go into cryptocurrency or into real estate, or it's going to go to a COO that's going to take the company to a billion. And then like, I still very much influence my copywriting. I made a list of what to stop doing. And I literally said to our COO, I want this to be done in our leadership meetings every month. And I want you to check in with me to make sure I do it. Right. And it's what do I need to stop doing? I need to stop being so deep in my copy. I love my copywriting, but you know what? TD Jakes doesn't do his copy. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel Olstein doesn't do his copy. And so you got to grab onto who's in that next spot. You know, when I went and consulted with Sarah Blakely from Spanx, I was like, do you have an email list? She didn't know if she had an email list. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, She's goals. brilliant. But I was like, goals, right? Like she, yeah. I, and I asked her when I was looking for my first COO, I called her up and I said, Sarah, how'd you find your COO? And she said, it was like in the hosiery department of Neiman Marcus. I was like, how's that replicatable? You know what I mean? Like I can't replicate that. She said, That COO became a president. And then one of the things she did was she didn't move the president. She didn't, I can't remember the exact, she basically didn't move that person quick enough. She let them stay two years longer than they should have because they got capped out. Right. And so like, what are you hearing? You're hearing this is a team game. Yeah. And, and if we're still doing the, if we're still holding on to things because we haven't been able to create a playbook around it, 
for somebody else to do it. That's in the growth. It's not how many more launches can I do? Because you could do many more launches if you weren't doing any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. If the amount, if it took you an hour to do copy, if you did an hour webinar or it takes you four hours to do copy in a week, then, you know, if you could playbook that and you could do four, a four day challenge or whatever, you know, your company will make so much more money and impact so many more people as you let go of control. So mm-hmm. I've just really gotten obsessed with this whole game of like, you know, what do I need to stop doing? What now am I doing? Like I used to be competent at leading meetings. Now I'm incredibly incompetent in leading meetings because I'm so busy training and leading in different areas. I don't have time to sit down and create that. So now I'm incompetent at it. Yeah. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Well, and I love that evolution too, because I think that that happens over time where suddenly you realize there are only just a few things that only I can do, which honestly, if we get really, really clear on it for most people, it would be being the face of the brand or the voice of the brand and being the visionary of the mission. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when you really rise up leaders, those are the two things that need you at the helm. But a lot of times our days are filled with all of the other things that maybe we've done because it was required at one point, or we're reluctant to give up, or we suck at asking for help. All of these things are very big themes in entrepreneurship, specifically with women. And so I think it is fascinating and kind of a reality check. It's like, we need to stop making to-do lists and make to-don't lists. And I think we got to get really comfortable doing that. Yeah, you do. And and when if you're starting your business... Nothing else matters but building your customer buyers list mm-hmm. and learning how to sell to them mm-hmm. because money solves a lot of problems. You got it. You got to stop not feeling bad about talking about money. And when I said, you know, the two core core missions of our company, leadership and list building, it's because leadership is the reason why people are afraid to ask for help, you know, yes. and, it's, and if you wear that badge of honor for longer than 90 days, you need to go focus on your leadership. Yeah, Because your leadership is the X factor on that list, monetizing people following you, you having the courage. Like when I hear somebody, I'm afraid to charge what I want for this product because I'm afraid people won't, won't actually buy it. Well, that's leadership. They won't buy it because you can't lead it, mm. you know? And so leadership, list building sales, those three things should be tracked like crazy. Yeah. My COO came in, you know, he kept saying, I just don't do other people's jobs. And he'd say that to the team constantly. I'm not going to come in and do your job. And I'm like, I come in and do everybody's job. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I feel like somebody's getting buried, I got you. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? And then it's like, I'm in there helping everybody else. And then it's like, you got, then I'd get a little resentful because I'd be like, how come I can handle three people's jobs? You know what I mean? Like yeah. how, what, what is going on here? And so I would disempower people by not having them step up, mm. you know? So, That's so this whole leadership game is, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like we experienced that as a company when I was coming out of maternity leave, my integrator was also on maternity leave. And oh, so yeah. I'm so used to, you know, between the two of us, we've got this Well, both of us were either off or at half mast. And it was like, heaven help us because I had been out of so many of those like minutia tasks for a very long time where she just 
took care of things without me even knowing that they were happening. And I mean, it was a great wake up call of like, wow, look at how far I've come that like, I need to ask somebody how to do something again. But at the same point too, it was like, this is why we need to continually outsource those things because they can really eat up your days. I mean, if anyone is listening to this and they're like, I finished my days and I don't even know what I accomplished, but I was working the entire time and I was working so hard, but nothing moved. Then you've got to go back to Shanda's priorities because that's going to be what actually moves the needle for you. Yeah, that's such great coaching, Jenna. I just think at the end of the day, both of us have our hearts set on entrepreneurs get to be free because yeah. not just for your family, but for the people who need you to hire yes. people, the people yes. who will need your money in the future. Grant yeah. Cardone says, who's got my money? I say, who needs my money? Oh, I love that. Ooh, I love that. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. Before we sign off, I have to know what is the story about finding your husband in 90 days? I mean, this sounds like a TLC TV show, 90 day fiance. (laughs) Tell me more. So good. So, you know, I was coming down the pipe where I was like, it's time to have a baby. And, and just like anything, when something becomes a priority, you, you find the time for it. Now you need to know that I'm, I was a horrible dater. I didn't get many dates and I was very, very shy. And so whenever a handsome man would come by me, I would like look at the ground. You know, I was super unapproachable. And so I decided to do a telesummit and I interviewed, it was called the Love Trap Live. And I interviewed like 30 or 35 people around. Basically, I let people watch me get coached around why I couldn't find my husband. 
That was the whole concept of the Tell Summit. Mm-hmm. And so so every person I would tell them, my like, they like me at the beginning and then they don't like my drive or da-da-da, right? And I would say, I just aired all my stuff. Yeah. And then what happened was they would coach me and one after another would tell me I was dating weak men. And I was like, what? And it was such a, I was like, it was so, it was for everybody to see, you know, it was like one after another that didn't know that they were saying it. They're like, you're dating weak men and you're doing that because it's how you stay in control. Mm, And it's how you're, you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable and you don't allow yourself to get hurt. And it was so apparent. So I ended up hiring one of them and her name's Cherry Norris and she does meet and marry your man. And I probably sent hundreds and hundreds of women to her. And I wanted a woman who was going to, sh- I wanted a teacher or a coach that was going to show me how to marry, like how to get married. I didn't want a, a life partner. I didn't, this goes back to the belief system, right? I didn't want a quasi sort of committed relationship. I wanted a man that was monogamous, wanted to build a family, was super high integrity and wanted to get married. So I, I hired Cherry. And then she showed me a simple strategy, which was I had to get eye contact with every man I got eye contact with. I had to hold it until they looked mm-hmm. away and smile. Wow. Okay. It became lead gen. You want to talk about list building? It became lead gen for men. <laughs> I had men walking up to me in parking lots, in grocery stores, like at like car washes, everywhere. Men, little men, big men, married men. Like I remember a married man came up to me after leaving the juice place and he said, Hey, wait, wait, wait. And I said, yes. And he said, I'm married. I'm not hitting on you at all. I just want to tell you that you are just such a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, I felt so cherished by men on this planet, by the way that they were interacting with me. And then I had to keep dating them. And like, when somebody asked me out, I had to say yes, even if I wasn't interested. And, and it was through that, that I developed my leadership and becoming a great woman for a man. Mm-hmm. And in 90 days, I met my husband and Cherry told me that a good man will pull you off the market. He will just straight out say, like, I don't need to check this out. It's like, they're clear. They pull you off the market. And every man that I was dating before her, were not doing that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. an unsaid thing. Like, are we dating? Are we not dating? Like, it was like, yeah. it was so ambiguous. So Ash took me on a date and I did what I do. And he showed up as like too skinny, too short. Like he was a triathlete. So he was like super, <laughs> super tiny. And I went out for dinner with them. or went out for lunch with them. Then I went out for dinner with them. And the rule with Cherry was you have to keep dating them if they ask you out. And on the way home from dinner, so two dates in one day, he said, I think there's something here and I'm going to ask you to stop dating other people and give this a real shot. But I'm not going to ask you yet because I feel like you might need a little bit more time, but just know it's going to happen. And then he kissed me. It was a horrible kiss. <laughs> and he looked at me, he goes, I think we could do better and kissed me again. It was a good kiss. And then about a week and a half later, I stopped dating other people and my stomach had butterflies in it. It was amazing, but it didn't start that way. I had to get over all the things that I'd built up. And I think entrepreneurs do this in their businesses. Yeah. You build up all these belief systems about what you think you want and what you're capable of. And, you know, love, wealth, freedom, it comes in different packages. And at the end of the day, stay clear about what you want. Mm-hmm. And so met my husband, same value system, 90 days, and we were pregnant 90 days later. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, Shanda, where can everybody find you and connect with you and learn more about you and your business and what you do? So I did a great video recently that I, that we put on a URL that I think will help a lot of people. It's called retiremeshanda.com. 
course, I don't want anybody to retire, but I want you to be able to retire if you could, right? Like if you could, there's nothing better. Like I retired myself on a five-year plan and, and I did that in my early, really early thirties. I set a plan up and I retired myself in, in five years. And so, you know, whatever age you're at, it's really, it changes your confidence game when you know you're good, even if you mess mm-hmm. everything up. So retiremeshanda.com. Amazing. Shanda, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast. It has been such a treat to spend this time with you today. Oh, it's been my honor. I had a lot of takeaways in my conversation with Shanda. First and foremost, if you are not focused and fixated on growing your email list, please start there. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business, but it is also the number one indicator of our business's health. And it's a great way to serve and connect with our subscribers. I cannot wait to try that midnight email that Shanda was talking about. But the second thing that I thought was really key in this conversation was to really take a look at how you are spending your time and where are your competencies and maybe your incompetencies and what can you relinquish control over so that you are freed up to be the visionary of that mission and of your business. I love connecting with other founders and leaders and CEOs on this podcast. And I'm very, very grateful to you, my listener, for tuning in to this show. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.